Hi, this is Elliot Fishman, and welcome to our latest talk. This is going to be on CT of the trachea, a practical approach. Now, one of the things I'm doing based on requests is coming up with new lecture topics. We often upgrade many of our lectures. You might say pancreatic cancer, you might say liver tumors, you might say renal tumors, you might say hematuria. But what we're doing, as you've noticed, I'm sure, is coming up with totally new topics. It takes a lot of work, but I hope you enjoy them. So let's take a look at the trachea. Now, when we think about the chest, we often think about high-resolution lung imaging for interstitial lung disease. Perhaps we think about screening CT. Perhaps we think about mediastinal masses. But the airways also become extremely important. And I'm not going to speak about distal airway disease like ILD, but I'm going to speak about the trachea something we often overlook. Although though tracheal bronchial neoplasms are uncommon, there is a high incidence of malignancy, there are many benign neoplasms and inflammatory conditions that need treatment, and often it can be difficult distinguishing between benign and malignant. We talk about focal lesions like neoplasms, papillomas, hamartomas, and carcinoids. We talk about malignant neoplasms, squamous cell, classic adenoid cystic carcinoma, as well as things that involve the airway secondarily, like lymphoma and metastatic disease. We talk about non-neoplastic conditions, tuberculosis. We talk about processes like post-intubation stenosis or inflammatory disease or trauma. And we're going to speak about many of them in this lecture today. Now, diffuse lesions can be classified into lesions with dilatation of the tracheobronchial lumen, like Mornier-Kuhn syndrome, or acquired tracheobronchomegaly. We talk about lesions with stenosis, and we see those more commonly probably, rhinosclerosis, granulomatous bronchitis, amyloidosis, sarcoid, uh, granulomatosis with polyangitis, relapsing polychondritis, osteochondroplastic tracheobrachiopathy. Boy, those are some big words. And lesions with respiratory collapse. So we talk about a number of different things when we look at the airway. The size of the airway, is it dilated or is it narrowed? Is it narrowing only of the trachea or the trachea and maybe the main stem bronchi? We also talk about filling defects. Now, obviously, you can have a pseudotumor like a mucus plug can cause a filling defect. We talk about foreign bodies. We talk about malignancies, particularly adenoid cystic tumors. We talk about benign lesions, hemangiomas and papillomas. We talk about direct extension from extra tracheal processes like bronchogenic carcinoma, esophageal cancer, thyroid cancer, or just simply an enlarged thyroid goiter. And then, of course, we talk about multiple filling defects. Uh, tracheal papillomatosis would be the most common thing I would think about. So let's look at some cases. Patient presents with shortness of breath and hemoptysis. There's a mass narrowing the tracheal lumen from right to left. You can see the mass is at the level of the azagus. The azagus is widely patent, though not opacified based on timing of this acquisition. But you see a mass that really is best situated in the wall of the trachea. You see it very nicely on the coronal view where there's some narrowing of the lumen of the trachea. Here is a virtual bronchoscopic view. 
I find that when you use uh, volume rendering or even cinematic rendering, you can create very nice views of the airway very easily. Uh, if you don't have that kind of software, what you can do is use your virtual colonoscopy software and then treat the airway as if it's the colon. And then you'll see what looks like a polyp in this case. But there's a mass pushing at the airway at the level of the tracheal bifurcation. Here we've taken away all the soft tissue, but a beautiful example of that smooth filling defect on the distal right wall of the trachea. There's narrowing of the right main stem bronchus. The airways are well seen and the lungs are well expanded. And if you did an endoluminal view, again, virtual colonoscopy software, you can see this mass pushing into the trachea. Uh, and right main stem bronch is very nicely shown there. And here's a few more views of it as we fly through. And then when you look at it again, so there's that lesion. And so what are we dealing with? We're dealing with a tracheal tumor, adenoid cystic carcinoma. It's one of the um, common primary tracheal tumors. It's almost a classic appearance in this case. Now, you could think about tracheal tumors in this really nice uh, diagram as something that pushes into the lumen. It's almost like thinking about uh, the colon. Again, a mass in the uh, colon wall pushing in and narrowing the lumen. Again, in terms of possibilities, we could think about primary tracheal lesions. Adenoid cystic is one of them. We also could think about uh, extra tracheal processes. Again, thyroid, lung cancer, lymphoma would all be possibilities. So here's an example of a patient with esophageal cancer, a pretty aggressive tumor, and it's pushing and narrowing the posterior wall of the trachea, as well as involving the right main stem bronchus. So here's esophageal cancer involving the lung, but also involving the trachea. And here's metastatic renal cell carcinoma, which commonly goes to the mediastinum. Renal cell can give you intraluminal lesions, but here you can see large nodes in the pretracheal space, the subcarinal region, the hyalur zone, and there's narrowing of the trachea with extrinsic compression. Or here's another example. This is metastatic renal cell. You can see the large bulky disease in the right paratracheal region, but in this case, compared to the other ones where there was mainly compression, here you can see direct invasion of the trachea. There's narrowing of the tracheal lumen very nicely seen here. And then as you follow it down on the coronal view, it's particularly nicely seen right there. And growing in again. So you can see how malignancy can involve the trachea, be it a primary tracheal process or a secondary process which involves the trachea. And again, here's those virtual uh, bronchoscopic views nicely showing you the invasion of the right side of the tracheal wall just above the level of the bifurcation. And here it is again, changing the rendering parameters really gives you a good look, but you can see in this case the airways are patent more distally and the lung fields are well expanded. Now when you look at the airways, you always of course think about in the trachea central tumors but then you also will follow it downward and so here in the left main stem bronchus there's little under a one centimeter enhancing lesion you can see it nicely on the coronal view and the sagittal view what gives you an enhancing lesion well you could say metastatic renal cell carcinoma that's a possibility but if you think about primary tumors 
carcinoid tumors can occur in the airway. You can see it very nicely here on the axial with the lesions sitting right there. Interestingly, when the lesions are small, they don't cause obstruction. Here it is in the virtual view. And here it is very nicely again shown on some of the virtual views there and very nicely shown here as well. So when you think about tumors in the airway, in the uh, trachea or in the main stem bronchi, you wanna think about a carcinoid tumor. Here's another example of a carcinoid, more aggressive. Here it's infiltrating the area around the tracheal bifurcation and mediastinum. You can see when you look at the coronal view, the mass pushing in at the level of the carina, the tumor growing and involving the right main stem bronchus with mass extending down toward the right lower lung. Here it is again on the lung windows and soft tissue windows. There appears to be some increased vascularity. Carcinoid tumors classically have increased vascularity. And here it is again when you go to the virtual bronchoscopic view. So again, you could see carcinoid tumors can be small lesions as in the prior case, or be more aggressive lesions. Now, of course, in this case, you can think about a lung cancer, you can think about a non-small cell lung cancer, but you also wanna consider a carcinoid tumor when things are very central, particularly when the lesion appears to be somewhat vascular. And here's just a few more views of that specific case. Again, I do like the virtual bronchoscopic views. I think for the surgeon, for the endoscopist, and for the referring clinician, it really shows them the effect on the airway and whether the tumor is simply abutting the airway or causing narrowing, and perhaps this will lead to a better understanding and better management of the patient. Now, when we talk about non-neoplastic lesions of the trachea, you can divide things in many different ways. You could talk about diffuse disease. Wegner's is a good example, relapsing polychondritis, tracheobronchiopathia osteochondroplastica, amyloid. We can talk about papillomatosis. We could talk about rhinoscleroma. Now, here's a nice example of a patient with coffin hemoptysis. When you look carefully, there's an obvious lesion at the level of the tracheal bifurcation here but there's a less obvious lesion on the left wall of the trachea right there. And again, you can see it as I put a nice circle around it. When you do the coronal view, there's that polypoid lesion at the tracheal bifurcation. So you could think of a papilloma, which this is papillomatosis. You could think about a carcinoid tumor. That would be a definite possibility as well. You can see it very nicely on the virtual bronchoscopic view as well. When you see a polypoid lesion, you want to be very careful to look for additional lesions. Here it is again, but you could also see the primary lesion nicely shown, but there's also a second lesion in the left wall of the trachea. Now, this virtual bronchoscopic imaging, again with the colon software, shows you nicely image on your right, the tumor at the tracheal bifurcation, but it also very nicely shows you the tumor in the left wall of the bronchus, very nicely shown there, which you can see by the arrow, okay? So that can be helpful. I have found sometimes you're not gonna appreciate some of the smaller tracheal lesions, but when you do an endoluminal view, it's much easier to see. So again, tracheal papillomatosis. Now, just some facts about tracheal papillomatosis. It's more common in children, 
It occurs in about 5% of patients with laryngeal papillomatosis. They can be single or multiple. Airway obstruction can lead to atelectasis, air trapping, post-obstructive infection, as well as bronchiectasis. These drop lesions can cavitate. Laser treatment is commonly done, but lesions often recur. And malignant degeneration to squamous cell carcinoma occurs in up to 10% of adult cases. So if a lesion is growing, you have to really worry. Here's a beautiful example of tracheal papillomatosis, multiple lesions bilaterally, some with cavitation, some bronchiectasis. When you look at it quickly, you say metastatic disease. Here's a good look with an endoluminal view showing you very nicely the multiple lesions of this tracheal papillomatosis, really nicely shown in both the right and left main stem bronchus. And again, very much looks like colon polyps, just a really nice example and a really nice visualization. Now, in terms of polyps in the trachea, here's a really nice example of a polyp. This was just a benign papilloma, right wall of the trachea. Now, you do want to be careful. If things are very low density, at times you can have mucus, which simulates a polyp. The best you can do if you're not certain, have the patient cough, <clears throat> go like that. And if it was mucus, it would move or disappear. If it's a polyp, it's going to stay there. Polyps usually have a density of 50 Hounsfield units. Mucus is much closer to zero. Here's a few more views of that specific lesion. Now, in looking at the airway, there are other things we look at. We look for narrowing. Now, I showed you some compression before. So tumor invasion. You can have infection. You can have trauma. And of course, you can have extrinsic compression by structures outside the trachea, including an enlarged thyroid gland, aortic aneurysm, or some vascular malformation. Now, here's an interesting case of a patient with cough and shortness of breath. When you look at the trachea, you can see this soft tissue infiltration around the trachea, which then extends into the right and left main stem bronchi. This is a very good description of what you see in relapsing polychondritis. You can see the infiltration around the left and right main stem bronchus very nicely shown here. There is some soft tissue even posterior. There's no adenopathy. When you look at the coronal view, what you'll see is the airway and the extent of involvement. You see how long the extension is from the trachea down into the main stem bronchi, very nicely shown. And on the virtual bronchoscopic view, look at the length of the narrowing. You don't see a mass, but you see this concentric narrowing, best shown here in the left main stem bronchus, and to a lesser degree in the right main stem bronchus. Here it is with cinematic rendering. Just very good visualization of long segment narrowing, relapsing polychondritis. Another example, very similar, thickening of the airway almost looks like faint calcification and in fact it is faint calcification it's trachea as well as the main stem bronchi but here you see look at all of these high density structures on the interior wall of the trachea and that's a very classic appearance you can see those calcifications of the tracheal rings and the bronchial cartilage really nicely shown on this volume rendered view you can see, in addition, when you only look at the air column, you see the narrowing of the trachea and the main stem bronchi. 
very nicely shown in this image as well. You can see the narrowing if you did virtual bronchoscopy. And again, another example of relapsing polychondritis. Just a really good diagnosis. Here is again another example. Look at the tracheal narrowing. Left and, main, left and right main stem bronchi involvement. Look at the extent of involvement along the left main stem bronchus. So you have to be thinking what things extend from the trachea down the bronchial tree. Something like Wagner's would be a possibility, but Wagner's often is more unilateral. This is much more extensive. Look at the extent of narrowing. But you would consider Wagner's. Wagner's would have ulcerations at times. Again, look at the wall thickening of the left main stem bronchus, really accentuated on the cinematic rendering. Just a really nice example. And I can show you a range of images, and that was relapsing polychondritis. So when I speak about narrowing of the trachea or main bronchi, relapsing polychondritis is classic, long segment involvement. Amyloid is rare but can do it. Sarcoid, Wegner's, I'll show you some examples in a bit, as well as things like infection are all definite possibilities. So thinking about the possibilities is really very important as you reach a differential diagnosis. Now, here's just some nice schematic diagrams showing you what we looked at. Beautiful example of tracheal narrowing, beautiful example of bronchial stenosis. But with polychondritis, we showed you that it's both trachea as well as main stem bronchi. So let's stop and come back to this case in a moment. And here what you can see is two things that are interesting. One, you see thickening of the left main stem bronchus, but you also see left upper lobe collapse. So think about this case, and we'll come back and pick it up right here. See you in a few moments. Thanks. If you like this video, make sure to subscribe to the CTSS YouTube channel. You can also visit us at ctss.com for even more videos, plus quizzes, pearls, protocols, and oh so much more. We're also in the App Store and have well over a dozen apps for iPhone and iPad, all completely free. Thanks for watching.